Oh my god, it's been a long fucking time. Let me just start this episode by saying you have no idea how grateful I am for your patience, for your existence, and everything in between those two things. Because it's been a long time, yes, I'm aware, trust me, I'm aware, it's been a painfully long time. I went through a, you know, one of those good old existential crises. We're gonna talk about it, don't worry, I'll let you know what happened, what didn't happen, why wasn't I there all this time, and why was almost every episode deleted. Yes, I'm gonna talk about all of that, but first of all, I just wanna say again, Thank you, fucking thank you for waiting. Thank you for everyone who asked me, hey, what's going on with the podcast? I really do appreciate it. Like, you have no fucking idea how much I needed some people asking, hey, what are you going to do with the podcast? Because it just reminded me, hey, people actually give a fuck about this. And I know I said fuck like 58 times, but... If this is not your first episode, you dang well know I'm saying P-H-U-C-K. Because we're a family-friendly show, you know? What are we doing today? I'm drinking coffee. Yes, I hope you're doing something. And if it's coffee, we're on the same page. And if it's not coffee, you're probably reading a really, a way better book than the one I'm reading. Because I'm just reading caffeine, baby. I'm going to take a quick sip. And I'm sorry if this sounds very awkward, but hey. Mm. God damn. And uh, let me just say some things, okay? Before we actually start the episode, even though it started like a minute ago. I'm not smoking weed anymore, you know? This is not a forever thing. I know, I know, it's weird, right? It's pretty weird. But I kind of came to the conclusion... I had an addictive personality. And I was like, I can't keep feeding my demons because at the end of the day, my demons are going to eat me, you know? (laughs) And I was like, hey, guess what, demons? You're going to stay, you're going to do some fucking fasting very fast. So, yeah. Today is, uh, what day is today? It's like uh, the 21st. Because it's like 12 already. So... What does this mean? It means nothing. It just means I'm trying to see how far or how good I can control myself. Because it's not that weed is addictive. It's just that I get addicted to fucking anything. Like, literally. I went to the gym once. I haven't stopped going to the gym ever since. And by ever since, I mean on, like, October 13. And yeah. This episode might get a little depressing, okay? And, uh, yeah, the reason I'm going to talk about all this shit is because, hey, maybe some of you have gone or will go through the same things I went through. Or similar, right? Because the same is such a heavy word and it's like nothing is the same. No no (laughs) two drops of water are the same. So... It would be arrogant for me to say, hey, you went through the same thing. Yeah, but you didn't manage it the same way. So it's not the same. It's similar. Okay, I'm aware. It's like when someone dies and your friend just tells you that's life. It's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. 
I know that's life. You could have said anything else or don't say anything. That's how I roll, okay? So, yeah. And, uh, damn, I'm really trying to postpone this thing uh, I want to talk about, but fuck. I'm going to just drop it on y'all. Like uh, Cardi B's fat ass. You want to see it go up? It's going to come down because that's how gravity works. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons because there was like a couple of things why I hadn't done any episodes. But let me just start with this one. So I was going through and I still am to be honest. But hey, I'm going to say was just to not sound very sad. But honestly, kind of still am. But I'm like way better than like three weeks ago. Okay. So, one of the reasons I was like, which, by the way, if you don't know, I was like, hey, I'm going to delete every episode, blah, blah, blah. Which, at that moment, that was my reality, and I was going to do it. But then it dawned on me, and I'm going to tell you why I was, but I'm going to tell you why I didn't first. The reason I didn't do it is because there's 40-something episodes. So, we've had 40-something conversations or monologues, however you want to call them. And it's like every episode is special in their own way. Since you'll never be ready, you might as well start now, which was the first episode to this episode, which the name is, I have no idea yet. And that's not the actual name, by the way. But the thing is, it's like I had a lot of guests on the podcast. Well, not a lot, relatively a lot, right? But some of those were like guests that I was like, damn, we're really like planned this out. Like the one with uh, Norbert or Norberto. That was like that episode was planned out like months and months before we actually recorded it. Right. And it's like that was a really special episode to me because that's like I look up to him in a way like, you know, he's a really good artist and I'm a sucker for art and he's a really cool person. Also, the first ep- featuring episode with was uh with okay it was with there you go my tongue was a little heavy I'm out of practice don't blame me don't judge me don't sue me because I ain't got no money baby anyway so my first featuring episode was was with a uh, I'm trying not to say DJ Luan because technically he's a producer he's not a DJ it's just that DJ is like it's easier to say but with producer Luar right he is one of my He's a really fucking good friend. We don't talk every day, but every time we talk, it's like if we did talk every single fucking day. And then we did the episode with Livid. We did two with him. Really fun episodes. The episode with Jujo. Really fun episode. The episode with Latoya, which was a really good introspective episode because we learned a lot about tarot reading and all that good stuff, which I knew nothing about. And now I feel like we know. A little bit more, you know? That's what life is about. You learn, and if you forget, don't worry about it. Just hear the episode again, and you're going to relearn it. And anyway, damn, I feel like... Oh, yeah, and the episode, of course, with Del Campo, one of my really good friends as well. And the episode with Jasso, or Jan Christopher, the the owner of Growth, right? His project is on pause, right? But hopefully he'll pick it up or evolve into something else because at the end of the day, it's all about growth, right? I couldn't let all those episodes be a thing in the past, of the past, because the thing about the past is it's just a memory. And if you get about it, it never happened, right? 
And now the reason why I was going to delete them in the first place. Well, one of the reasons, right? It's because within my own existential crisis, which I will talk about it. Don't worry. It's, it might not be the longest episode because I'm freestyling the whole thing. But hey, it's life. You freestyle or you don't dance. And trust me, I'm a fucking dancer. So I was going to join the Navy, right? And I say was, and I use the word was very precautiously, right? Because at this point, I still don't know if I was going to join the Navy because I wanted to or because it was an emotional decision. And the thing about emotional decision making is that emotions aren't constant, right? I was having a, a bit, and I say was, use that word was very lightly, an existential crisis, and I still haven't forgotten. I haven't told you why, but it will. I'll tell you. Just give me a sec, okay? Or a minute. So the reason I was going to join the Navy was because I wanted an adventure. And within my existential crisis, which was the reason I haven't spoken of yet, I felt like I wasn't doing anything in my life. And, you know, you're always doing something. That's It would be impossible for me not to do anything. That's even harder. That's what she said. Oh, anyway. So the thing is, like, within my emotional decision-making, I was like, yo, fuck this. I want to do something. And there's nothing wrong with joining the Navy. I've contemplated that multiple times within my life. But if you know me, and if you don't, don't worry about it. You're about to. And there's a lot of episodes which you could... Anyway... The thing is, uh, I try to be a very rational person within my decision making, within my love life, which no longer exists. That's part of the emotional crisis. Don't worry about it. I'm giving you a bit of a spoiler. So you stay in there. And that's also what she said <laughs> or what he said. I don't know what you're into. Uh, uh, let me be, a, you know, let me be equality. Anyway, so, yeah, I was like just doing random emotional decision making and one of those emotional decision makings was deleting almost deleting every single episode right so it's like i can't do that like i said because well i can technically but i don't want to and i won't i was gonna do the whole rebranding thing which that is kind of tentative might happen might not but i will never delete every episode anyway so yeah i was gonna join the navy and uh and then one day, I was with a good friend. Hopefully, he'll be on the, on the podcast one day. I gotta, like, speak this into existence. My good friend, Sean. He's a tattoo artist. A really good one, actually. Anyway, uh, I was in a really dark place. And uh, he just stuck his hand out to me. And keep in mind, we have never had, like, a close relationship until this point. And it's like, he kind of pulled me out of the abyss, which I was falling in very fast with a lot of weight on my shoulders. And I was just going down, like, like, imagine Batman in the movie where he fights Bane. And he, like, climbs out of the tunnel. Well, imagine he slipped on the last rock. And he went, oh, fuck. That was me. But before I slammed, my now good friend Sean, he was like, hey, just... We talked, you know, he took me, we went to a skate park, and if you didn't know, I'm a sucker for skate parks, like, a skate park to me is like a psychologist, I'll fucking skate my frustrations out till I fucking, like, drop, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm the best skater, 
I'm just saying I'm a fucking hard-headed one because when I go in, I fucking go in. I go through the whole thing. So, that's not what she said because that doesn't sound very appealing. Anyway, so, yeah, he took me off of the edge and I don't mean a literal edge. I wasn't contemplating anything like life-ending. Of course not. It was just rational decision-making as him like, yo, I'm going to join the Navy and this and that. But let me just get to the to the main cheese. Let me just take a cup, a sip of this coffee because it's getting cold. And the, and the thing about coffee is that you either want it hot or cold. But warm coffee? Oh, God. That's like a torture of the seventh circle of hell. Seventh circle of hell. There you go. But I was still drinking. Don't get me wrong. I'm a bit of a masochist. If you know, you know, you know. Mm. Fucking coffee. I'll, I'll probably, like, at some point of the episode, pause it. Finish this cup because it's so damn good. Anyway, so the reason of my existential crisis. Dun, dun, dun. I'm gonna spill some beans and I hope you got a good mop in a bucket because someone's gotta have to clean them up later. So, for all of you who didn't know, I was in a very long relationship, right? Seven years of my life in a relationship. She was my fiance, and I'm not going to say her name because it's not about that specifically. I don't want to like, she was a great person. Don't, don't, I don't want to sound like I'm dissing anyone because I learned so much from myself within these seven years. Yes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in a relationship. Actually, she was my fiance. <laughs> That's like the sherry on top. So... My fiancé, right, ex-fiancé, that relationship is no longer, no more existential. It didn't end in a, it didn't end in a fight. It didn't end because of infidelity, nothing, nothing like that. And generally, I wouldn't even talk about this, but then again, it's the Charlie V Podcast. We're all a fucking family at this point. And if I don't tell you people, who the hell am I gonna tell? This has been driving me crazy. I've been like the Titanic sinking before they hit the iceberg, right? And then I actually did hit the iceberg. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm halfway sinking anyway. And then it's like everything that happened, like I said in the episode, in this same episode previously, I got talked out of this existential crisis, which I'm still going, you know. I've been looking up some videos about grief and the five stages of grief and how to get out of them and whatnot. We're not even getting out of them, just accepting it so we can move on, right? And by say we, I don't mean me and my ex-fiance. I mean me and anyone who has ever had this problem or issue or situation. It all depends on how you look at it, right? So anyway, I don't want to be too, like, I don't want to spill all the beans because at the end of the day, it's still a personal issue, but we're a family already and uh, it's been driving me crazy, okay? So might as well talk about it. So, and it's my podcast, so who gives a shit? Anyway. So, after seven years, when a relationship ends, and I was the one who got dumped, by the way. When a relationship ends after seven years, it makes you reevaluate who you are. Because at some point, you forgot who you were. It's not who you were, it's who the two of you were. And now the two of us is just me. And she was kind of my other half. And when your other half leaves, you're just a half person, right? Half a person. And that's me right now. Right now, I'm like, if you know about math, 
let me keep it simple. I'm like three quarters of the way to be who I was, but a lot less than three quarters. It's not even three quarters. I just said that because I don't want to sound like I'm still half empty. But if I'm being honest, I'm like one quarter full. So that's three quarters empty right now. But the good thing about feeling empty is that you could fill up your soul again with new energy. But B-U-T. Not B-U-T-T, which I prefer the B-U-T-T's, but hey, titties. But no, B-U-T. The thing about life is that, yeah, sometimes shit hurts. It really does. But until the moment you feel pain, it reminds you, oh, yeah, I've always been vulnerable. I just had a shield, right? The shield was what I, was love at some point, was emotional security. Which is never a thing, but, you know, it's better than nothing. And by it's never a thing, what I'm trying to say is that emotional security is a very loose term I'm using, right? Because if you feel secure, that's when shit starts going down because you stop fighting for it. But you're probably asking yourself, why did a seven-year relationship end? Why did your fiancé leave you? It's like, basically, I'm like an anchor. This is what I kind of... Well, I want to say I figured it out, but not. This is kind of what she told me, but she didn't exactly say this, you know? But this is what I understood, right? I'm basically like a human anchor, right? And my dumbass thought I was like a, a jet propeller. I was like, I'm going to help you propel yourself into the best you you can be. But little did I know, I was actually like a really fucking heavy anchor, holding her down, before her decision making, before her, before everything, right? And I get it, right? If you're with someone and you're going to make a decision, you think about the person you're with and how it will affect them, right? It's totally understandable, right? That's At least that's what I tell myself. It makes makes the, the weight on my shoulders a little bit, le like, you know, less heavy, if anything. So, yeah, that's it, right? Seven years, and I slowly turned into an anchor, right? Because my job stability, it's not the best, right? I work in a hotel, but I don't work every day. I work when there's events, right? If there's a wedding, I'm there. If there's like a company and a whole bunch of CEOs doing shit, I'm the guy who's at every event at the hotel, right? I don't want to say I'm a waiter, because the difference between a waiter and what I do, a waiter asks you, hey, what do you want? What I do, it's like, it's really, you know the beauty and the beast? When they have the dinner, it's like really fucking fancy. I'm the guy who sets the dinner up and who brings the plates, who takes away the food. It's like really top tier shit, right? But it's not every day. So I do understand and can totally internalize. And like I said, I have no hard feelings towards her, right? That I could see how I became an anchor. And the thing about an anchor. If you're not a boat. You don't want an anchor. And she's more like a plane. And a plane with an anchor. It shit don't make sense right. So at some point. I turned into an anchor. And uh, yeah. She kind of saw that way before me. Because in my dumbass head. I thought I was like a jet propeller. I'm like I'm going to help you propel you. And like be there emotionally for you. And physically. And all that good stuff. But 
I wasn't there as much as I thought I was, right? I'm a human, you know, maybe. If not, if I'm not a human, please do not tell me right now because I would really be an existential crisis. If I wasn't a human and I was like an alien and someone would have told me, I'd be like, oh, shit. That perspective is a real existential crisis. But anyway, you know, it's all relative, right? So, yeah, that's basically it. I was having a bit of an existential crisis, which is kind of like what I'm going to say is not funny, but it it kind of is in a weird way. So I was at work, right? And like I said, when there is weddings, I'm the guy who's at the dinner, right? Doing all the taking the food, bringing the food, like doing all the shit. That's me. So there was a wedding in my job like a week ago. That shit fucked up my day so much. Because there's me having an existential love crisis. Because my fiance, we're going to get married. And she left me on like February 2nd. And I wish I didn't remember the date. Because I've been like counting every day since she left me. I'm like, hey, today's the 21st. It means she left me 19 days ago. When 19 days, less 14 is like... Two weeks and four days. So that's how long it's been. I don't know why the fuck my brain has been doing this really weird depressing math. But hey, I'd rather be doing math than meth. So do with that what you will. Which by the way, I've never done meth and never will. But what do I do? I'm gonna drink some coffee and I hope you got something to drink too. Because this story is just getting juicy. And by juicy, I just mean not juicy at all. It's dry as fuck. Mm. This coffee is getting cold. I probably will pause this real quick. Drink the whole thing, but not yet. I'm really invested in letting you all know what the fuck happened in my life. Because like I said, if I don't tell all you, who the fuck am I going to tell? Anyway, so I was at work, right? And there's a fucking wedding going on. And I'm just looking at them like, hope you fuckers divorce. I hope this, I don't want to say the B word, but I hope this, uh, this ditch, right? With a D, right? Because we're a family friendly show. I hope this ditch falls down the stairs and she falls on top of her soon to be husband. And they don't die, but they fucking realize their life is a fucking sham. Get a divorce before the wedding. Lose the money. The baby's like, mom, but I'm pregnant. And then the mom's like, bitch, you ain't the father. I wanted the worst. Except anything life-threatening, right? That's too much. But that's how fucking angry I was at life. And subconsensually, I don't even know if that's a fucking word. Or consequently, I don't even fucking know at this point. It traduced or transferred to anyone else I saw being lovey-dovey. Because I was like, fuck this bitch, you know, figure human. It's like, remember Wacky Races? When the guy crashes, you're like, and you're like, this mother lover is fucking cussing the shit out of everyone. But I can't understand it. So it's not happening. The only difference is that in my head, it was really fucking happening. And I was cussing the shit out of everyone. I was like, fuck these photographers. I hope their pictures come like a fucking... Like, they were taken with a fucking toaster with a microwave, and I hope it fucking falls down. I was really salty. When I say salty, if anyone would have kissed me, their sodium would have been through the roof. Because I was fucking salty. I was like the ocean. I was like, hey, 
You you need some salt? I got you, bro. But it's gonna be a lot more than you wanted. That's how I was fucking feeling. Not anymore. But if I think about it a lot, I could put myself in that mental state, but I won't. Because this is a family-friendly show. So anyway, I was in a bit of an existential crisis, right? Which is, you know, you could say normal at this point. Seven years, fiancé, out of the nowhere, boom. And and not out of the nowhere. Because it wasn't like that, right? She had her reasons. And the thing is, I really understand them. I understand every single word she said. I was like, you know what? I fucking understand you. And I'll stand by your side. Leave that motherfucking loser. The only difference is that that motherfucking loser was me. So I'm like, hey, fuck that guy. And then that guy is me. So it's like, oh shit, I'm fucking throwing my own self out of the window. But why? Oh, why, Charlie? Why were you throwing yourself out of the window, Charlie? It's because if you love something, let it go. I never understood that until that moment. And I was like, I loved her so much. I was willing to let her go. Because if I'm going to be an anchor towards someone, while in my dumbass head, I thought I was like a fucking propeller. Nah, I'm doing more harm than good. And it takes a fucking responsible adult to realize that. And I'm not going to say a responsible man, because it's not a gender thing, right? It's a human thing. Compassion. And you can only have true compassion and true empathy to the realest, highest form if you really love that person, right? It could be a stranger, but in this case, it was a seven-year relationship, so she was as far as a stranger as they come, right? Eventually, we did become strangers to ourselves, right? We did. I gotta be realistic, you know? There's a reason all of this happened in the first place, right? Because the thing about emotions, like I said in the beginning of the episode, they're not there forever. It's like time, right? And the thing about a relationship is that it might not be forever. Is that a bad thing? Not really. You know what is a bad thing? Being in a relationship forever and realizing, fuck, I didn't want this in the first place. So, but that's not what happened with us, right? We did want it for a lot of years, right? Seven of them, to be exact. But at some point, I turned into a fucking anchor. Pulling her down instead of letting, let, helping her as a trampoline or anything else, right? So, what am I saying? And if you're still listening to this sob story, don't worry. Not every episode is going to be as sad as this one. But, like I said... I'm a human, right? So let's just keep on. So the thing is, that's it, basically. That's why I was having my existential crisis, because I was trying to find who I was, and I still am, to be honest, but trying to find who I am without my other half. So basically, I'm like an empty person right now, right? But that doesn't matter, because like I said, the good thing about feeling empty is that you could just... Get a refill. And I don't mean from someone else. I mean, learn who you are. It's like being in a bubble, right? It's like a joke Bill Burr said once. But he didn't... He wasn't talking about this exact, like, example. But basically, I was in a bubble, 
a really big one. And every year, the bubble gets harder, right? It stops being like a small, gentle bubble, and then it just becomes concrete. And you're like, this shit'll never break. This shit's like titanium. It's like adamantium. It's like, this shit's hard. This is what Captain America's shield is made out of. This shit ain't gonna break. And then Thanos comes in and beats the shit out of you. And by Thanos, I mean life. Beats the living snot out of you. And then you're like, oh shit. It was only an illusion. Not the bubble. The bubble was real. The bubble was love, basically. But what was an illusion is that it was unbreakable. Because the thing is, it's not unbreakable. Trust me, it is not. But that's what makes it beautiful. Because if it was unbreakable, what's the point of fighting and loving and trying, right? It's like life. If you were immortal, you would not give a fuck about your health. Because you're like, I'm going to live forever. It doesn't matter if I'm healthy or not. This shit going to keep on going and going and going. But... If you know it's not forever, you're like, let me take care of this. Let me appreciate every single fucking second. The goods, the bad, the lows, and the mediums, right? Because it's all part of a bigger story. And, like, this is my present, but in the, eventually this will be a memory, right? And I really hope it's a memory I never forget. Because if I do forget it, I'll become an anchor for someone else in the future. Right? For myself or for someone else. And the worst thing about being an anchor is that I thought I was a fucking propeller, right? I thought I was like gas for the jet, or like a trampoline. I thought I was like helping, but nah, I wasn't, right? So that's the thing. Know what you're doing and how it affects others, right? Your your serious, your your lover, whatever, right? But the thing is, right, seven years is a lot of time. The more I say it, it's like, God damn, I got to stop thinking about this. I've been talking about this shit for like half an hour. God damn. I'm probably talking to my own self at this point. I'm pretty sure you all clicked away. And if you did, well, you, you saved yourself a lot. But if you're going to take something about this whole conversation, it's one, don't be an anchor like me. Two, realize if you are the anchor or you are the propeller. Three, if you love something, let it fucking go. And eventually it got to me, right? If you love something, let it go, right? If you have something and it's not trying to get away, it would be physically impossible to let it go because you're not holding it, right? If I'm hanging out with a buddy and I'm like, hey, you can go home whenever you want. And he's like, nah, dude. We fucking hanging, right? We hanging out. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not holding you. So technically, it would be impossible to let you go. But the only way this would make sense is that if you're holding on to something, right? It's like if you have a bird in a cage, which that makes me so fucking sad. Every time I see a bird in a cage, it's like, god damn, dude, you could be traveling the whole world, but you in a cage, man. But... If you were to release the bird from that cage and he just flies and like falls on your shoulder. One, that could be indoctrination, but let's not even dig into that hole. But what I was going to say is that if you have a bird and you open its cage and it basically just falls on your shoulder. And it's like, I don't want to leave you. 
then you weren't you weren't holding it, right? So it would be impossible to let it go because you weren't ever holding it in the first place. It was voluntarily there. So that's how this technically applies for love, right? If you love something, let it fucking go. And I let her go. And I hope she's flying. I hope she's soaring. And I hope someday she finds someone who would be the biggest propeller she could ever ask for, right? And I know it's not me. Trust me. I know it's not me. Yes. It feels fucking horrible to say that out loud. But it's true. If I'm not the propeller, I'm an anchor. And boy, oh boy, was I an anchor. Apparently. Well, not apparently. I take that back. I was. Let me be realistic, right? The thing about being human or introspective is that, hey, if you don't figure out what you're doing wrong, you're going to keep doing it forever and ever until wrong becomes normal and good becomes like, what the fuck are you doing? So, yeah, I learned a lot from myself. I ain't going to lie because that's not who I am. What I am is a person who drinks coffee because I'm going to take another sip right now. Mm. God damn. So yeah. I was having a bit of an existential crisis. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna make I'm not gonna make myself Mr. Tough Guy. I was weak. I was vulnerable. I was human. Yeah, a couple t- shed a couple tears, right? Like a man, no sniffles. It was just like eyes. I mean tears leaving my eye sockets and well, I guess I'm uh, like zero 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 one grams lighter because all these fucking tears came out of my fucking face but i'm slowly getting over it right not over the whole relationship because it was a great one you know i loved i learned and lost that might be the name of the episode love learned and lost let me write that down because i'm gonna fucking forget that love what 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 was it oh yeah love learned and last that's the name of the episode ladies and gentlemen and everything in between but anyway i'm really grateful for everyone who like extended an olive branch or just a hand right because if someone extends you an olive branch it's like dude get that get that fucking shit away from you just give me the fucking olive i mean i don't know whatever but anyway yeah i'm very grateful for everyone i'm grateful for my friends I'm really grateful for Sean just like talking to me and just hearing what I had to say because, you know, I bet I was being a really fucking Debbie Downer and he fucking heard it. And I appreciate that, you know. Anyway, yeah, it's been a crazy journey, but that's not all we're going to talk about. But I really needed to get that out of my chest because it really was weighing me down like you have no idea. Like it was really heavy. And this is something else. <laughs> I want to stop talking about this, but it's been a long time since we did an episode. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be talking about this shit. So I have like all these pictures of her on my Instagram. Kind of makes me think like, God damn, every time I get into Instagram, I just feel reminded. I'm like reminded of her, which like I said, it's not good. It's not bad, but it's not what I need right now. But it's what I got. Want to hear a funny story? I was at the gym a couple days ago, right? Because if there's something I learned about myself is that I'd rather feel tired than empty. And boy, oh boy, I've been tired as shit because I've been avoiding my emptiness. Like, a, I've been avoiding it. That's all I'm going to say. Gotta, 
Because the thing is, whenever you feel like empty or whatever, you gotta stay occupied. You gotta stay occupied. Ocupado. Ocupado, mi hermano, eh? So I stay occupied. You gotta stay occupied. I try to say it in every accent I could. Anyway. Because... Which, by the way, I'm kind of glad I stopped smoking marijuana because if I was smoking right now, I'd be drowning my emotions in THC. And it feels kind of good to be sober, honestly. I've had a couple of beers. I've had a couple of cigarettes, which I couldn't. I shouldn't. But I just fucking love smoking so much. I'm like fucking... I love smoke. I fucking love smoking. So if it's not weed, it's going to be something, right? But I'm not addicted to nicotine because that would be in a fucking step back, right? But I replaced my, I don't want to say addiction to weed. It's just, like I said, I'm not saying weed is addictive. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I personally have an addictive personality. So I just happened to get really fucking addicted to weed heavily and not in the, in the sense that if I had like a hundred bucks, right, and my phone bill was like 60, and I was like, I could fucking buy 60 bucks of weed and stay with 40 bucks, and then I'll try to do whatever the fuck I gotta do to get those extra 20 bucks to pay my phone, which in reality, it should have been backwards. It should have been like, well, I'll buy 40 bucks of weed and use the other 60 to pay my phone, but no, that's not how I was going, right? I'll still smoke weed eventually in the future, but I just want to know I'm in the driver's seat and not just a passenger. Because what's the car? My fucking body. And what's the highway? Fucking reality. And that w that one was F-U-C-K-I-N-G. That one, gotta admit it. That really was it. Anyway, I was at the gym. And funny thing, the, the engagement ring I bought for her. I bought it at K, right? Every kiss begins with K. You know what else begins with K? Fucking killing. I'm kidding. I'm Well, grammatically, grammatically it's true. You can't spell killing without K. Am I right? Hey, hey, what's with the elevator food? I mean, airplane, uh, whatever. Anyway, so I was at the gym, right? This was like a week ago or two weeks ago. I don't even fucking remember. Probably less, probably like a week and a half ago. So I'm at the gym and the treadmill, and in the damn TV, it's like the K commercial, because it was like near Valentine's Day. And I'm like, fucking A, man. And it reminded me two things. One, it's inevitable. Face your fucking emotions. And that's why I'm saying I'm glad I'm not currently smoking weed, because it's like my emotions were like a tsunami. And I'm just there standing like, hit me! Versus... If I was on weed, I would have been like on a plane looking at that tsunami like from above like, oh, that shit seems nasty. But no, I want to face my emotions like a fucking Viking facing the Anglons or the Saxons, whatever the fuck, the English, the British, whatever. I'm not good at history, okay? As you could tell. Anyway, so, it, I don't know. I learned a lot. I'm learning about myself. It's been a journey. Uh, it's been a fucking journey, a roller coaster. And I'm here for it. Like, I'm here for it. I want to feel my emotions. I want them to hit me in the face and then stand up and be like, bitch. To my emotions, by the way. You ain't getting me. I'm fucking getting you. And it feels kind of empowering in a weird way, you know. Because it's a slippery slope, you know. If you smoke weed <laughs> to avoid your feelings. Which, you know, if you have depression or anxiety, I totally understand it. But if it's like 
clinical depression is what I meant. But if you just have like feeling bad because of life or the moment, hey, sometimes face the emotions, face the music and dance like a motherfucker, you know? And right now I'm fucking dancing like Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm gonna take another sip of this coffee because this shit's getting cold, right? I hope you're drinking something, right? Yeah. Ironically, I'm drinking from a Batman mug she gave me. But hey, it's a cool-ass mug. I'm not going to break anything she gave me because, like I said, memories, right? Anyway, so yeah, I'm at the gym. I see the K commercial, and I'm like, I'm fucking breaking my personal record. And I've been lifting more weight. Like, back before that, I would use like a 50-pound barbell, right? And I don't know, it could be lightweight to you, it could be, it's all relative. But to me, that was like the height, that was like what I would lift, 50 pound barbells, right? And it's like, uh, from that point on, I've been lifting 60 pounds in the barbell. 60 fucking pounds, 10 pounds more, 5 pounds more per muscle, per shoulder, whatever, per bicep. Who cares about the math, right? But what I'm trying to say is that good things come from bad things sometimes, right? And, you know, but that's about it. I want to keep talking about this. I've been dragging this shit on for like 40 minutes or like 41 minutes. But, hey, I had to get it out of my chest and I got a podcast. What better way to do it? And, I, oh, yeah, before I close this whole conversation, I do want to say I respect her as much as the first day I met her, right? I do not want to sound like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, despective? Is that a word? I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm bashing her, okay? Because like I said, if you love something, let it go. And I let her go because I loved her, okay? So, yeah, it's not. it wasn't a hate thing. It wasn't. If I would have been selfish, I would have been like, don't leave me, baby. Don't leave me. I'll, I'll change and this and that. But it's like, hey, let me be realistic. If you're if we're having this conversation, this shit ain't going anywhere, right? So yeah. But that's life. We learn, we love, we lost, we learn, we grow. I know I said learn twice, but you gotta learn as much as you can, right? But yeah, it's been it was interesting, I ain't gonna lie. It was a fucking roller coaster of everything. But anyway, yeah, it's life. I've been looking like a a good friend of mine, Jasso or Jan Carito friend. We're talking about like he told me and he gave me an advice. He was like, "Hey, look up the stages of grief, not so you feel better, but so you understand what you're feeling." And I was like, "Damn, dude, that shit makes sense." And I looked them up. I really did. And we're gonna talk about that too. Keep in mind, I am not a professional, so please do not think I'm giving like some. Like, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just saying what, I, what I'm going through. So the first stage of grief is denial. And I saw a couple videos, right? And denial, why denial? Because that's how your brain helps you soothe the pain, right? Your brain doesn't want you to take the pain head on at the first stage, right? So your brain kind of like puts you in denial. So you're like, nah, this can't be happening. Nah, it's a mistake. This, and this applies for like every type of grief, right? 
But the one I'm talking about specifically is love. But this also counts for like loves, loss, you know, all that shit. Anyway, denial. Why fucking denial? It's because your brain's trying to protect you. Your brain's like, nah, this didn't happen. No, man. No, man. This is how your brain talks, by the way. No, man. This didn't happen, man. Come on, man. And you're like, dude, why the fuck are you talking to me like that? What do you mean, man? I don't know who the I don't know what accent that is. It's just funny. Anyway, I mean, funny to me. I know it's not, but it is. I mean, it's funny to do. Anyway, don't judge me, okay? Or do. I don't give a shit. But don't leave it in the comments. Because that, that that'll get to me. <laughs> you got comments? What the fuck? This shit's on Spotify, dude. There's no fucking comments, man. Anyway. So, yeah. Denial. 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 Deny. 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 It's your brain trying to protect you. It's normal. It's not being a... It's not being a... Sn- I'm trying not to say it's being a bitch, but hey, it's not being a bitch. It's just your brain trying to protect you. Because yeah, at the end of the day, your body will protect you in ways you have no idea. After denial comes anger, right? You could be angry at yourself because you didn't do more. It could be angry at the other person because they didn't do more or they didn't actually try to help you before you became an anchor. But hey, everyone's different, right? So anger. Why anger? It's because we try, and like I said, I'm not professional. And anger is because we try to, uh, before blaming ourselves, we want to blame, we got to blame someone as a human, right? It's like when something breaks, you're like, who was that? Instead of how do I fix this? Why? Because anger is just a human emotional trait. So... Like I said, it could be angry towards the other person because they didn't help you be more productive or whatever. Or angry towards yourself because you didn't become more productive, right? You didn't help that other person off the edge, right? It could be anything. I'm trying to be general, but I can only speak from my perspective. And after anger comes depression. Right now, I ain't gonna lie. I was in between anger and depression. So I'm like halfway there. So the thing is, why depression? Because depression is when your brain finally accepts. Like, oh, you know what? This shit actually happened. Get ready, bucko. Or better yet, get ready, buddy. So that's depression, right? It's your brain internalizing or understanding or not even understanding, but accepting what's happening, right? Because first, your denial, your brain's trying to protect you. Then it's anger at yourself or the other person because your brain's like, nah, man, it it wasn't me. Or, oh, yeah, it fucking was me. I fucking hate myself, you know, anger. But depression, the the funny, not funny thing about depression is that it's your brain being realistic with you. It's your brain saying, hey, we fucked up. And the only way to understand this is by accepting it. And the only thing that comes when you accept it, accept it is depression. Because no one wants to be in the wrong. But when you finally accept that you are in the wrong or whatever happened or you lost someone, that's where depression comes in because it's like, damn, I'm cornered. I can't run away. I can't climb up. There's no ladders. There's no like underground bridges or whatever. It's just acceptance. And I don't mean acceptance, like, because technically acceptance is the last stage of grief. I mean acceptance as in your brain going like, yep, yeah, this is fucking happening. P-H-U-C-K-I-N-G. 
right? Because this is a family-friendly show. So, yeah, that's fucking depression, right? It's just your brain, like, being like, yeah, I'm gonna have to fucking deal with these emotions right now. Ain't no other way around it. After that comes bargaining, right? And just so you know, I'm reading, I took a screenshot out of a YouTube video I saw, because trust me, I've seen, like, 10 videos about stages of the five stages of grief right because hey how can i help others if i gotta help myself first right trust me i'm trying to help myself and help all of you at the same time hopefully you never need this help but if you do check out the episode anyway the next stage after depression is bargaining and it could be bargaining with god right and i'm gonna use this example This is not the example I'm going through, even though I have in the past, right? When I lost my father in 2020, I think it was February. Actually, February in the beginnings of February of the year 2020. Bargaining comes after depression. And just a small recap. It's denial, anger, depression, bargaining, right? Bargaining is like you telling God, like, hey, if you save this person, I'll stop smoking cigarettes. Or if you do this, I'll fucking stop doing this and i'll stop doing that you know it's basically bargaining right i can't say a lot about that because i haven't even reached that step in my griefing process right but from what i heard in the videos right it's yeah it's basically you bargaining it could be with god it could be with your significant other but i guess that wouldn't count right because if you already lost a person anyway it's bargaining right like i said i can't talk too much about that because i I haven't even fucking reached that yet, right? <laughs> I'm now, now I'm just saying spoilers for what's about to come, right? Because like I said, I'm in between anger and depression, but I'm leaving anger and just like in depression. I'm kind of like, I accepted it, okay? Like I said, the tsunami fucking got me and I'm trying to, I'm holding my breath, swimming as fast as I can towards the surface. And if you know something about the ocean, waves come wave after wave after wave. And I'm in the fucking middle of him, okay? But I'm swimming. I'm swimming. That's what matters. I'm fucking swimming. And and if you know me, I do not fucking give up. And if you don't know me, well, now you do. Anyway, after bargaining comes the last step, which is acceptance, right? And it's not the acceptance of your brain going like, oh, yeah, we're going to handle the emotions now. That was depression. Which, by the way, I do want to say as well. If you stay, like, you could be, like, on the third step and then go back, like, five steps. And be like, oh, fuck, I'm back to square one. I'm fucking angry at the world again. There's a fucking wedding at the hotel again. Bitch-ass fucking wedding. You know, it's normal. But, yeah, eh. imagine instead of saying butt, I would be like ass. Like, fat ass, what I'm trying to say instead of butt. (laughs) Anyway, so... It's normal for people to go. I heard someone say, and by someone I mean one of the thousand of videos I saw about this shit, was that grief is like step taking one step forward and two steps back. It's like the Linkin Park song, one step forward, two steps back. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's normal for you to think you're almost out of the way, and then you're at the gym and you see a every kiss begins with K. And you're like five steps back at square one. You know, like square two or whatever. I'm trying to say it's one step forward, two steps back. 
It's normal. Don't feel like you're in the wrong. But what do you, and by you I mean we have to do, is try not to stay in any of the five stages of grief for too long. Because if you do, then it... The, by the way, the difference between clinical depression and normal depression, to my understanding, is that normal depression is just things that happen in life that get you down. And it's not being sad and depressed is not the same. It's like fear and phobia. It's like one's like state levels ahead of the other one. So depression, normal depression is like, I don't know. I'm going to use myself for example. I was depressed for a while because I was like, damn, I'm a fucking anchor. And I thought I was a fucking jet propeller. Yeah, but I wasn't, right? I fucking wasn't. And I still am not, right? I will be eventually, but not now. Right now, I'm still a fucking anchor. But I'm an anchor that weighs a little bit less. And a small victory is still a fucking victory. Anyway, so it's normal for you to one step forward, two steps back. But just don't stay in any stage for too long. Because the difference, I almost lost my train of thought, difference between normal depression is that it could go clinical depression it's more because and to my understanding like i said i'm not a professional i'm actually a professional dumbass so yeah clinical depression is because there's a chemical imbalance in your brain which makes your brain like sick just makes you depressed it's not the circumstances the chemical imbalance right but or ass fat ass if anything the difference is that Normal depression can turn into clinical depression. That is a real thing and it's a real danger, which I will not go through because I, I fucking know myself. At least not for this, right? This shit's just life going on. But anyway, I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because if you ever or something happened, you lose someone or in love in life or anything, try to get some information, right? And I don't mean information by me. Like I said, I'm a fucking certified dumbass. I got a diploma in my room that says graduated from dumbass university. And it's just a picture of me like, hey. So don't take anything I'm saying too serious. Do your information. I am not a professional. I'm just a guy who's going through it and trying to help you as I go through it myself. Anyway, it's like I'm the guy in the jungle with a machete. Like just cutting down trees or bamboos. I'm in the fucking jungle too. I'm not in a helicopter waiting. I'm in the fucking jungle. The only difference is that I got the fucking machete. But we're both fucking lost. Anyway. So yeah. The last step is acceptance. Accept it and move on. And just fucking move on. Like I said, I'm still not there, right? But doing this episode, I feel a lot closer. I ain't gonna lie. Feels good talking about this shit, right? And I know people could be like, go talk to a psychologist, but I don't know. I don't feel like I should do that, right? It's not that I should or shouldn't. I just don't feel it's impacting me that much yet. If I ever do feel, if this turns into clinical depression, I'd be like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go to a psychologist. But it hasn't, right? I got, oh, because I also want to say this. If you have good friends or a good circle of people that could like take your energy and not absorb it because you don't want the people you love absorbing your negative energy you do not want that you don't want to spread the poison you just want to find a cure right so yeah it's kind of like that i mean it literally is like that 
if the if you're gonna talk with someone about this and you feel like they're gonna get poisoned with your pain, don't even like. I mean, I would me personally, I wouldn't spread the poison. If someone has a cure, if someone could just get like a little drop of my poison, not enough to give them like all the shit I got. If you could take it, here you go. But if you're not even asking for it, if someone's not offering to hear you out, because I've had that shit happen to me and it is so fucking embarrassing. It's like you're going to tell something to someone and they're like, that's life. You're like, ooh, Lord, I should have kept that shit well hidden in my bum bum because they did not give a fuck. But it doesn't mean they're in the wrong. They're entitled to not give a fuck because at the end of the day, you and by you, it could be me. Well, technically it is me, but you as well. You're the one going through the shit stank, right? Everyone has their own shit pool they're trying to get out of, right? And it is a very nasty imagery. But why do I say shit pool? Because no one fucking wants to be in a shit pool. And if you do want to be in a shit pool, hey, it's your fetish. So in that case, imagine I said in a clean water pool. Whatever it is you don't want to be in, that's what I'm talking about, okay? So, yeah, it's kind of fucking crazy. But it's life. It's life. That's what life is beautiful. Because if we were happy all the fucking time, happiness would just be normal. Normality. And normality is boring. That's why we love weird shit, some of us, right? Because, yeah, you can't have the same thing every single fucking day because then it becomes normal. (laughs) Sorry about that. But yeah, the five stages of grief. We already talked about that, which was, you know, I think pretty informative. Which, by the way, this whole episode's just been a fucking freestyle. Generally, I would have shit written down, but I don't. What do I have is coffee. And what am I going to do? Take a sip of it. Because this shit's cold as shit already. Oh, God. Worse. It's warm. You know the worst part? I'm going to fucking finish the whole thing. And I'm not even going to pause the episode. Because at this point, if you're still listening, you are a motherfucking gangster. So, yeah. Take a sip. Take a puff. Do whatever you're doing, but do it well. Yeah. So, yeah. Recap, uh, I'm not going to delete every episode because, uh, yeah, I learned a lot from myself and I hope all of you learned from yourself as well. Is this episode still going to go on? Maybe, probably, just like a few more minutes. It's been on for like 59 minutes already, which I thought this was going to be like a half hour episode. But yeah, uh... Fucking life, you know. You can't you can't live without it, literally. Which, by the way, I've been writing down some poems. Like I generally write poetry, right? I don't read it out loud because for some reason I'm only good at writing really depressing poetry. If I try to write something happy, it won't come out. I don't know. I'm just good at. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I keep so many shit hitting in my mind and behind my heart. When I write poetry, it just expresses itself out. But I found a place in San Juan, Puerto Rico, because that's where I am, where they do open mic poetry. So I'm going to be doing some poetry at a public place in a room full of strangers. And by poetry, I mean really fucking depressing poetry. But... 
I don't give a fuck about their opinion, so I'm going to still do it. And I'm pretty sure there's, there's people who've been through, like, worse things than me, right? I spoke with a really, really fucking really good friend, right? I'm not even going to say her name. But I was telling her about my shit, right? About everything I just told you all. And she goes, well, I was in a 15-year relationship, and it went crumbling down. And I was like, God damn, you should have started by that. I would have not said anything I went through. Because, yo, 15 fucking years makes 7 years look like shit. It's double whatever I lasted in a year more. Obviously, not the same relationship, not the same memories. It's not the same. It's just similar, okay? But anyway... Uh, let me see. I'm going to try to find something else I could say. So it's not a downer of an episode. But to be honest, it, it already is at some point, right? Been at this for an hour. We've been at it for an hour, mate. But yeah, it's going to be the end of the episode. But before we do end the episode, if you're still listening, fucking thank you. And uh, I want to say... I feel like this is a rebirth of the podcast. Because now I'm going to fucking hit it with everything I got. Because I don't have anything else, basically, right? I mean, I have things, but I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I really missed you all. I really fucking did, you know. Doing the episodes. Talking to the mic. Imagining. You know why I love doing the podcast? Because I imagine someone else is fucking hearing this. And it's fucking helping them. Right? Helping you. Yeah, you specifically, you beautiful creature. I really hope it, if you didn't... And I'm sorry, there's more episodes in the catalog. But if it did, or if your heart ever does get broken and you feel empty because you lost your other half and now you're just half of a person. Just know... You're not the only one who's going through that or who has gone through that, right? Or who will go through that. But just know, if me, a fucking certified dumbass piece of shit anchor, which I am, uh, it seems like, right? If I can go through this, trust me, I fucking know you can go through this as well. And maybe even do better than I'm doing. I'm not doing the worst, right? I know I know people, or I imagine there's a lot of people who would go worse or handle it worse, go into a heavy drug drug using spiral. Which, by the way, I have an addictive personality, so <laughs> I feel like I'm doing great right now. Not I'm not soaking my sadness in alcohol or not doing. I'm just going to the gym. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a bit addictive, addicted to going to the gym, but. If I'm going to be addicted to something, it might as well be getting those gains, baby. Thank you for listening to the episode. I love you all more than you could ever imagine, more than your beautiful brain could ever picture. I fucking love you all. Why? Because you exist, too. Because you give me your time to listen to this podcast. And three, I want to say thank you for every single person I'll give you all shout outs, but I don't remember everyone like right now. And I don't want to leave anyone out. So I might as well not mention anyone. But for every person who asked me, how are you doing? For every person who gave me advice, who just listened, I really do appreciate that as well. Sometimes a good listener, you're not, let me take it back. 
always, a good listener is better than a shitty speaker. Okay? I'd rather have someone hear me talk about all this shit than someone who goes, That's life! Because, dude, fuck you, man. This is not life. It is life. And I know. It's obvious. That's how life works. You love, you learn, you lose. You lose. But if that's what you're gonna say, don't say shit. Anyway, I kind of ruined it. I was having such a good impactful ending to the episode. I just went back to the fucking... Anyway. Have a nice night. Have a nice day. Have a nice noon. Have a nice evening. Have a nice life. Love the ones you got. Hug the ones you hate. And who knows, because someday it might be the other way around. Again, thank you. Have a nice life. Peace.